Welcome. You're listening to the Across State Lines podcast. Your host is my sister, Rebecca Klein. She's a professional tour guide who's been all across the USA meeting all sorts of cool people. Our goal at this podcast is for Rebecca to interview a friend from each of the 50 states. I'm the podcast engineer, Noah Klein. You might hear me talk during the show a little bit. So please enjoy the show and welcome to Across State Lines. All right. Hey, hey, everybody. So my guest today is my friend, Travis. Um, We're going to be talking about um, growing up and living in North Carolina today. And Mm -hmm. uh, Travis is my friend that we we didn't meet. We both have lived in North Carolina. I lived in North Carolina for like half a decade, a little more. But we actually met in Guatemala while we were both traveling. So um, and I and if you guys are listening to the podcast, I interviewed Grace on Kentucky, so same trip, same people. <laughs> and also, Grace. Travis, I had lunch with Bianca the other day. Remember Bianca? We met her in Nicaragua. She dated oh, Tim. All too yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we hung out too. So it's kind of a nice uh, reconnecting with people. But yeah, so you, um, you've been traveling a lot, but you are based mm-hmm. in North Carolina, right? Yes, that is correct. Cool. And um, I want to talk to you. About North Carolina, specifically, I want to talk about your time in the mountains. I want yeah. to talk about you growing up in in the city in Durham and going to that cool art school. Sure. And then um, and then also, like, I think because you are a fan and because it is such a huge part of that, of the triangle culture, I do want to hear your insight on basketball. Because <laughs> right. I don't really care at all about basketball. But it is, I mean, you it's, it's such a part of the culture there. It's so... Oh my gosh! It's isn't the license. I heard the license plate switch from um, Duke Blue to Chapel Hill Blue, depending on the year. Have you heard that Ooh, before? No, I've never heard that before. But I hope I got yeah. the right year. Yeah, if you look at the license plate um, letters, like the color blue changes. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, depending I'll to, on the year. I'll have to year. start. I'll have to observe that a little closer next time. <laughs> yeah, but um, tell me, yeah, tell me what you do for work and what you studied in school and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So what I do for work is I currently work seasonally um, for a land trust in Asheville, North Carolina, so Western North Carolina. Um, Mm -hmm. And a land trust um, essentially does land conservation, so buying and protecting land. And I work for an organization called the Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy, which is a group that um, I've known about and been involved with for years. And they've protect some of my favorite places in the world so uh, it's been a really natural fit for me for quite some time now and um, I went to school in, in, in Asheville as well so it was pretty seamless there I went uh, and studied environmental science with a concentration in ecology cool and what are you doing for them exactly are you like when you're out there um, yeah well yeah what, what's your day-to-day like um, so this will be my third year with them and it will, I'll be starting my third position with them. So right, cool. uh, I'm not entirely sure what my position this year is going to look like because it's kind of new. I have an idea. Um, but I think it will kind of just be a combination of things I've done with them in, in the past, which has been one term as an AmeriCorps member doing kind of outreach to local, uh, kind of underrepresented communities in the land trust realm, trying to get them. Uh, okay. Involved in land conservation and getting them, uh, getting folks outside and uh, doing some environmental education, volunteer work, uh, which 
it was it was really enjoyable for me to get more involved with the Asheville community and get people connected to the land in their backyards. And yeah. then last year I had a different position called the Roan Naturalist, which was being kind of a pseudo kind of park ranger out on the Appalachian Trail. Um, but, you know, I didn't work for the park service. I worked for this land trust. Uh, but I was out on the Appalachian Trail in this really beautiful area four days a week, um, kind of talking cool. to visitors, trying to help educate visitors to the area, why the area was so special, and try and just help folks take care of it because uh, the Rhone Highlands where I was is a really special place in terms of uh, natural and scenic beauty um, and due to really heavy visitor usage sometimes we see some negative impacts there so my job was to help mitigate some of those negative impacts so hopefully in the I mean, third that... year I'll be doing a mixture of all those things I just mentioned so and it's like one of, it is <laughs> the most popular national park right the Appalachian is that true? I've heard that because it's so like centrally located to so many people. That yeah, a lot, it gets a lot of people out there. Yeah, so that very well may be true. the The Appalachian Trail is a national scenic trail, so it is part of the national park system. It's not it's not widely considered a national park by those who visit national parks, but it is part of the national park system, and it runs uh-huh. through the Smokies the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. And the Great Smoky Mountain National Park is the most visited national park in the country. Right. Um, so the Appalachian Trail, yeah, seems tons and tons of usage, especially uh, in the North Carolina section. North Carolina slash Tennessee, it kind of borders that state line. And um, so do you meet some uh, some interesting people? I wanted to say weirdos, <laughs> but I was going to like pull it back a little bit. <laughs> No, you can say weirdos, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've met everyone you could imagine, A to Z, on the Appalachian Trail. Like, there's uh, people in this world that are, like, most at home on the trail. Sure. And that, like, is their identity, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've definitely met some of those folks. When I was on the Appalachian Trail last year, I started in uh, late April, early May, and that's when a lot of the thru-hikers were coming through on their push from Georgia to Maine. Uh-huh. Um, and that was definitely the most colorful bunch yeah. of people I met on the trail all year with through hikers because those guys are just a guys, sorry, guys and girls are, are just a really unique set of individuals that have that sort of ambition uh, yeah. to do such a rigorous test of uh, physical strength, sorry, physical and mental, I should say. Uh, yeah. April and May this past year were just incredibly rainy. North yeah, Carolina, and I would watch these guys sludge through on the Appalachian Trail, just soaked from head to oh. toe, and they had been soaked from head to toe for days and days. God, they looked miserable. They smelled bad. They were super tired. And <laughs> I I thought my job was really hard being out there four days a week, but these guys are out there seven days a week for months and months on end. And yeah, talking. Do about they travel in packs, or is everyone pretty much on their own? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Everyone's a little different. Um, some people go out there with a partner or a small group, or some people head out on their own. The cool thing about the Appalachian trails, is very much a social trail. Um, yeah. How people, there's, there's a really great community that travels the Appalachian trail. So you're never alone. Um, I've heard of, tra- I've heard alone. of trail magic. Did I make that up or is that a thing? No, that's a thing. That's a thing. Can you tell us about trail magic? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I maybe not a, a true through hiker would know best about trail magic, but, um, trail magic I saw a few times in the Rhone Highlands where I was, which is just where local citizens uh, along the Appalachian Trail would 
go up to the Appalachian Trail wherever there was a road crossing or a popular point in the trail and they just kind of post up and mm-hmm. hand out goodies to through hikers because through hikers are generally suffering and would be um, just best appeased by really mundane gifts and treats. And, <laughs> yeah. and so they've had, you know, trail magic is, or just folks passing out, you know, bottles of water, things of candy. Things, yeah. You know, they can get more extravagant. There can be, you know, home cooked meals or people grilling out hamburgers and hot dogs. And I think it really goes a long way. To wow. Brighten people's days. Um, from what I understand though, uh, trail magic is currently being discouraged though by the Appalachian trail conservancy, because uh, I think it's believed that if you want to help out the Appalachian Trail or folks using the Appalachian Trail, there maybe are more constructive ways to do that by maybe donating to a local trail crew or the Appalachian Trail right. itself. I think a lot of people that go out handing out trail magic, it's kind of can be linked to trash being left on the Appalachian Trail or through hikers being kind of burdened with materials that they mm-hmm. wouldn't otherwise be carrying into the backcountry. So right. it, it's a really great idea and comes from the best intentions from what I understand. But um, it, it, there are some negative side effects linked to it. Yeah, it's a balance. Cool. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're living out there. You're like out on the mountain. Is that um like what is that like May to September or is it shorter longer season? Yeah, so was... that past that past gig was uh, a five month gig, and then you know I, I worked cool. some odd months with the same land trust doing some more indoor tasks throughout the run. Yeah, stuff like that as the weather got colder. Um, yeah, but yeah, nice. Spend a lot, cool. a lot of time in the run highlands. Nice, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So tell me, uh, tell me more about Durham and your life growing up in Durham and what that was like. And, um, yeah, I think we'll have to talk about basketball at this point too, because I feel like you are, ing- it's like from birth, right? Like it's oh, like, yeah. and isn't it oh, like yeah. split in your household or something? Oh no. Or no? My, my, okay. my family is purebred Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah. And that's, I'm not from there and I didn't go to school there, but I always lean towards Tar Heels because it's a public school. Sure. And Duke is a private school. Yeah, and of, many of course reasons. I'm rooting for the public school. Yeah, <laughs> one like, of many reasons. Made why a good choice. I would lean that way. But um, my friend, one of my friends from North Carolina posted, we're just kind of like internet friends really, but he posted this really funny video of him at one of those bonfires that he made the right. local news one year. <laughs> and it right. was like super crazy. But yeah, explain to us like, just, I mean, it's a big topic, but like a little bit about like the culture of Duke versus Tar Heel and what that's like and how it like divides friendships and families. <laughs> sure, yeah, no, that's a very accurate process. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say if if you grow up in the Triangle, um, if you're meeting anyone in the Triangle, you know, hi, how you doing? What's your name? Who do you pull for? You and Sierra Duke is kind of like a logical succession yeah. of questions yeah. that like is totally and the triangle fair is, to is, ask. Uh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Raleigh. That's the triangle. Yeah. So yeah. triangle would be Raleigh, which is the capital. That's NC State, aka yeah. not our rivals. Honestly, yeah, they never it's, win anything. It's, it's they like never not win. even a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chapel Hill, small, cute town. That's the home of. Uh, University of North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and then Durham, where I'm from, is Duke University, a private right. school, as you mentioned. And UNC and Duke are separated by eight miles. And so, um, you know, there is a little division, you know, if you're in Durham or, or Chapel Hill, but a, a lot of overlaps in terms of 
kind of just your social network and yeah um, deep down the two communities are are connected in, in so many different ways and we we love each other truly but when it comes to basketball um <laughs> <laughs> love goes out the door and um, funny, you know, I, was, I was raised in durham but my my parents both went to unc my uncle went to unc and i was just raised you know with my brothers and sister to uh cheer for unc that's the only thing i ever knew i grew up watching every single unc basketball game through a period of like five <laughs> yeah. years i never missed a game or something so yeah like yeah that. for sure i was right. in the and newspaper I remember as when a kid we were, and... when we were traveling you would like go to find internet so you could like watch it like you would like, you would, that... like, like miles <laughs> so you get a little that bit of bandwidth so you could watch the game so true yeah i remember would, i traveled yeah. to guatemala with our friend ravi and he's a dude yeah. and a lot of my best friends are duke fans and i remember Hiking out of the tiny little town of Tuzuna. To yeah, Tuzuna. Tuzuna. Yeah. It's a tiny little internet cafe and get a <laughs> shit, you know, just crappy stream on the game. And I yeah. mean, UNC lost that game and Robbie was there just rubbing it in my face. In my face that yeah. was a really good season. Uh, yeah. For UNC. I was, I think 2016 is the year we lost in the national yeah. championship. And I remember traveling through El Salvador, Nicaragua, <laughs> uh, Guatemala, all the while watching all these games <laughs> desperately. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's priority. No it's a priority. No, yeah. it, it is a priority. And as I get older, I try so hard to prioritize other things that are more important in life than a silly game, especially now that I'm older than the athletes themselves. But right. Oh, um, that must something... be kind of a, that's a game changer. I remember. Yeah. Cause I'm a bit older than you, but yeah, that is kind of interesting when yeah. you, uh, when you like, I remember for me, it's like pop pop stars like i'm like when you start being the same age as like the popular pop star right. and then you like cross this line and you're like older than pop stars and you're like wait a second like right what the so, you always think so, like maybe i'll be a pop star one day but then it's like no yeah it's never so gonna happen. i've had that realization but um <laughs> i can't i can't help it like i I'm, i know i'm older than them i know i should care about other things um, yeah but man when it when it comes around to basketball season i really hit another gear and then when it comes down to unc duke um it, it turns another corner of <laughs> yeah. psychotic neuroses and uh, just last night unc yeah beat down which yeah beat down like i've rarely seen on duke i saw like, i saw the the things about his, this kid's shoe breaking and stuff yeah, and like boo who about the shoe that's <laughs> basketball man and, yeah. and duke's throwing a pity party like they don't have all these other five star recruits on their team, and it's no excuse. We beat the living crap out of them, and I make sure. Where to was that game? Let Which all my sport? friends know. Oh, that was in Durham. Duke lost, and it at switches. Home, Sometimes you play top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every year, the ACC prioritizes UNC Duke rivalry. Sometimes we play teams once. Um, sometimes you play them twice, but UNC Duke always play twice because it's such a blockbuster ah. game. And Obama was at the game. Which was crazy cool. to see Obama in Durham at a stadium wow. you know, a couple miles from my house. And yeah, I mean, I grew up right next to uh, Dukey's campus. And I remember going on to Duke campus as a kid, wearing all my UNC gear and like talking shit to all the Duke <laughs> students. And I remember as a kid, like a couple of Duke students like trying to fight me. And I remember just at the last second, being like, no, 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 what? I'm a kid. You can't. <laughs> yeah. You can't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I remember oh one of the only fights in my life I got in was 
versus a kid named Rashmod. Uh, yeah. High school, UNC Duke just shit talking gone a little too far. Like it just. <laughs> oh yeah. no. It's just so heated. Always. Okay. Well, that's a nice segue. Tell me about um your high school because so just for the listeners, um in North Carolina, it's like the education system is pretty crazy, and especially in the last like two decades, it's leaning a lot towards magnet and charter schools and. Um, there's still public schools, but you went to, I think you went to a magnet school. Is that right? Or a chart? Like, what did you do? It's a, it's a public school. Durham school. Just straight up public school. school. Yeah. But what, didn't you have to apply to get in or something? Yeah. So what's unique about Durham school of arts is it's a lottery system. So okay. you like put your name in to go to, to go to Durham school of arts and just mm-hmm. totally random. You get selected or you don't, um, you can go to DSA and I, I don't know why it works like that, but proudly is yeah, a public yeah. school. And, uh, you know, proudly had shitty classrooms and hallways that would flood, you know, would flood. Oh, wow. Would rain and stuff like that. It was was definitely plenty rough. Don't worry. It was the old Durham High School. um, Okay. right downtown. Super cool school. Um, I actually, my house was actually located, you know, a block from my high school. And then on the other side of my house was Duke East Campus. So pinched between my high school and Duke. Yeah. My house. And, um. Yeah, luckily it's a middle school too. So I got in middle school, started going to Durham School of Arts, DSA. Started going to DSA yeah. uh, in sixth grade and went until 12th grade. And uh, it was a really cool school because uh, you pick a arts pathway throughout yeah. your time there. And, um, you know, take it as seriously as you want. You know, a lot of kids did not give a shit and no <laughs> yeah. one cared in high school. Yeah. You know, your peers didn't care if you did or not. It was not a requirement to care um when you go to DSA but yeah um, luckily I did care and a lot of my friends did care about their arts pathways and I think for those that did ended up gaining a lot uh from growing up in, a, in an art school which was you know what was your what was your pathway um my pathway was uh 3D mixed media you know sculpture ceramics okay doing a lot of that um I took three years of photography darkroom photography as yeah, well, but you're you're like a, a successful photographer now. Like going forward in your <laughs> adult life, be. you you did. For the listeners, yeah. Travis had this like pretty. Was it where was it? The Capitol or the White House or something? You had a huge uh, yeah, display. It was, in, it was in the Capitol building in D.C. Yeah, um, yeah, that of takes your... me back to my work on the Appalachian Trail. But nice. Appalachian Trail Conservancy did an exhibit on Capitol Hill regarding. Uh, that Appalachian Trail, and they selected, I think, 25 photos in total, and they took two of mine, so I got to go to, you know, the Capitol building, see my photos hung up in the gallery, and the yeah you know, Russell Rotunda, it was, it was really cool. Um, That's awesome. But Congrats yeah, that, on that. that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I did that for a few years at DSA, but my pathway was sculpture and mixed media sculpture, and um, that's really potentially my prefer. you know, if I had to choose my prefer. Mm-hmm. medium to work in with art but you know i live a lot of time on the road traveling yeah. and doing work on that fashion trail you, yeah. it's hard to travel with that sort of material so yeah you need like a studio space for all that stuff yeah um cool um all right so i think that i've done you're my third interview so far and i feel uh-huh. like the funnest part of these interviews is talking about like local food and cuisine and culture sure. and stuff and north carolina has a ton of that um yeah. 
I yeah, I talked to Grace about greens, which was pretty funny because I was like, uh-huh. it's not like a green salad. It's like, what is it? And she's like, oh, you know, you like boil down collars with like ham and vinegar. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's different. <laughs> yeah, talk like, more about that. <laughs> what you would think. But um, yeah, like I got my start in tourism. I'm still doing tour guiding and stuff now as nice. a restaurant tour guide. Um, oh, and nice. there's just so many good restaurants in the Durham Chapel Hill Raleigh area. So like yeah. what what are some of your well, I can think I think I can already tell, but like what are some of, I'm thinking about it. What are some of the things that are unique to, you know, the the area that are like staples in your life or sure. um, that you enjoy the most? <laughs> yeah. I mean, before I expand on, you know, where Durham is now in terms of its food culture, I, I gotta say what's maybe most incredible about in terms like where where it's coming from um yeah growing up in durham and downtown durham and don't going to durham school of arts like durham was rough especially yeah. the downtown area the city yeah. of durham was it, totally abandoned um there was a lot of violence and crime and no one went downtown ever for right. any reason it was kind of fun uh, in that regard, because <laughs> there was like nobody downtown. You had free reign to like go breaking into buildings and exploring, and like just oh you know using the downtown area as your playground. Um, right. But uh, yeah, now Durham has really cleaned up its act and is a place where people want to be, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, but well, they've got that tobacco road, right? The tobacco road is that what it's yeah. called? Tobacco road, and it I mean, used it's to literally whole... be like where they hung tobacco. Right? Yeah, I like mean, it's that's got where... this, yeah, it's got yeah. all this old tobacco infrastructure, which was the industry where Durham was founded upon, you know, yeah. half a century ago or maybe yeah. a century ago. I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe a century sure. ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, since then it fell on hard times. But now that it's back, that infrastructure is now being revitalized for this cool artsy culture that you can find downtown. Um, and now you have to pay for parking and all this yeah. stuff. Which I can, like, they started doing that. Eyes. They started making you pay for parking when I lived in Raleigh, like the last year that I lived there. And I was like, this town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so going from like, you know, using downtown as your playground to like having to pay for parking is like, what? Get yeah. out. Um, cool. But anyway, the, the yeah. food scene has, has come along hand in hand. Uh, with mm-hmm. people moving back into the city, and and for the most part, it's been a pretty good thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's got just all your most classic um, <laughs> Southern food cuisine. I got, I probably got to give a shout out to my OG favorite, which got to be Cosmic Cantina. It's a great daytime spot, but probably even better nighttime spot. It stays open till four a.m. and wow, it's just provided me with. Uh, a lot of good food and better memories. So, good. Um, Cosmic Canteen is great uh, Mexican food, and uh, <laughs> but you know now there's all this yeah. great kind of like artisanal food and breweries popping up left and yeah. right. And it's, yeah, it's it's like borderline hard to keep track of. I, I got to say, probably my favorite is Bull City Burger right yep. downtown, which is you know, amazing for burgers and fries, but even better for beer. And, yeah. That's yeah, it is nice. Spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about what about some of the fast food places that people might not know about? <laughs> uh, thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. well, as you've probably heard me talk about plenty in Central America, how <laughs> famous Bojangles. Yep, 
Bojangles. North Carolina. Well, like, I guess it's I, not limited to North Carolina, but, you know, Bojangles. Got to want to need to get to have a famous chicken mm-hmm. and biscuits. Bojangles. Bo-time. Um, yeah. Always Well, tell, tell the listeners about the, bo- like, the family box that comes with a gallon of sweet tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> the tailgate supreme combo. It doesn't even fit through the window, and they, like, <laughs> bring it out, and you're like, um, what? Yeah, like, you know you're going to open the door to, like, get it in your car. <laughs> Yeah, you know you have a pr- you're about to have a pretty good time when you get the tailgate supreme combo, yeah, which is yeah. just an obscene amount of fried chicken and fries and mashed potatoes and, and greens and biscuits, and then like just a gross amount of like syrupy, sugary iced tea. And people yeah, don't know just... about that iced tea. Like it's it's um I was driving cross country and I got to Texas. And I just ordered a sweet tea just for fun. And I took a sip and I was like, whoa, like it had been a while, probably like a year since I had had it. It yeah. is so crazy. It's so sweet. Yeah. I, I used to be all about the Bojangles iced tea when I was growing up. I like, oh, the words would flow seamlessly out of my mouth. I get a chicken play biscuit combo, french fries, and iced tea before 95. <laughs> um, yeah. But about right. as I've gotten a little older, the iced tea has, sweet tea, I should say, has waned yeah. on me. A bit, yeah, I barely stomach in it anymore. It's so <laughs> yeah, damn sweet. So sweet. Um, but yeah, there's Bojangles, yeah. which is great. But uh, there's awesome oh, cookout, and I think that is oh, yeah. actually strictly a North Carolina thing. Cookout, I think so too. Canteen. Tell people how one. like you can't really see inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a seldomly commented on that the venue of cookouts are just like bizarrely weird and uninviting. But it's pretty much <laughs> yeah. just a big reflective metallic like black box box. (laughs) black box that like shines in the heat of the day and is dark and ominous at night but inside they just crank out like a disgusting amount of fried fast food and you go you get the cookout tray which is you know an entree plus two sides, which are pretty much just the entrees repeated. Yeah, um, yeah. Plus, you get anything. You can get, like, quesadillas, chicken nuggets, like, not yeah. just french fries. Like, there's like, lots of options. Yeah, I like to get the, I like to get the chicken strip tray with uh-huh. a quesadilla and a corn dog as my sides. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Then you can get yourself an iced tea or like one of their fifty milkshake flavors. And it's yeah, all for like under five dollars. They have a huge milkshake selection. It's like nuts. Yeah, they yeah. even have seasonal shakes, which I gotta give them. Credit yeah, they do for, have seasonal shakes, but also tasteful. like in Raleigh, um, near like I live pretty pretty close to campus when I was living there for the years that I lived there, and right. the the cookout by NC State was like nuts. Like at two thirty in the morning, like. There, yeah. I mean, there are probably a hundred kids there hanging out outside, like eating and like just wrapping up the night. It's pretty yeah. crazy. It was, it was definitely like a super interesting scene. Always the parking lot of cookout, like yeah, mixed with mainly in the high school days. Like that's where you would meet up to hang out when you weren't like old enough to like be hanging out anywhere. Yeah, you weren't allowed to be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you'd see like a lot of fights and like dodgy stuff going on out in the cookout parking lot and. And, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not so much a part of that scene anymore, but, uh, yeah, definitely <laughs> plenty not. of great memories late night in cookout parking lots. Uh, yeah. So fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Go there being the art school kids, but you'd run into the country school kids out there with all their big souped up trucks and 
Oh yeah. All that's the other thing. Yeah, that's true, man. Like, um, I, I really only mess with like this, like Raleigh and Durham and stuff, but there definitely is like a real country aspect to living in North Carolina, like oh, souped yeah. up trucks and like all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Way, there's a way more prevalent country vibe. There is a city vibe. You go to, <clears throat> you take five stops out of the Durham city limits and you find yourself yeah. in pretty country. A lot of my friends living, when I lived there, you know, as a school teacher, they would work in, like, Gardner or, um, yeah, Gardner was a big one that people had to commute to. Joko, Johnson County, they call it Joko, and they'd have to commute out there for their their jobs and stuff like that, and that's in the country, for sure. Um, Okay, so you kind of mentioned, like, hanging out in parking lots. Which seems to be a common, which seems to be Very a common important theme. part of growing up in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, and Kentucky and Vermont, apparently. But uh, those are the two other interviews I've done. But yeah, tell uh-huh. me, like, tell me a little bit more about like what you guys did for for partying and like how, like, what was that all like? Like in North Carolina, was it house parties? Were you were you going? Did you guys ever go out to like the lake or anything? Or like where were you guys like having? <laughs> having fun yeah so let me reiterate that i went to the art school i think that's a pretty pretty important thing to consider when talking about the social scene which maybe wasn't like the most standard experience ever but oh you guys got to talk about your dice game (laughs) i think that I think that's sure. kind of getting to know you guys. That was like a big thing. Okay, but keep oh, yeah. going. We so still you play. can get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the yeah. art school experience definitely extended out of the schoolyard and into your extracurriculars, which you know, it, the venues were the same. We would, we would do mostly house parties, but um, you know, we had a pretty heavy and fun emphasis on like themed parties and like. Really in high inclusive. school oh yeah nice and you know okay. who led the led the theme charge <laughs> <laughs> you know crazy. it was me i even led them at school days i'd do hilarious things in school when i was a senior i would create a couple facebook groups and created theme days for school and would okay do, so like throw them at me yeah what do you got so like toga tuesdays <laughs> everyone in the senior class would wear togas but like you wouldn't um, tell your, it wouldn't be like clear through like administration. You just all show up in togas. Oh, just like all no show warning. Up in and the best part was throughout the school year, like the movements would really grow. Like people would be <laughs> way more invested. Like tie dye Friday, that was a big one. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there were a bunch of less popular ones, like rollerblade thursdays were just like oh me robbie and harrison on rollerblades like you know like getting you know like in class you just keep just, them on yeah like slide we would just see who could keep them on the longest throughout the day before like you get yelled at <laughs> seriously anyway that definitely extended to the parties you know we would have a lot of theme parties and i, I like to think we also had an emphasis on like letting anyone in who wanted to party like regardless yeah. of, like social scene or grade um because yeah. i have a sister and a younger brother and those social circles really overlapped where i think a lot of people cool. were pretty hesitant or too cool to let the younger kids in um i was all I about like just whoever wants to come the more the merrier like let's all get together and have a good time so um, it is such a weird thing about when you're like a child, like under 18, how divided each grade is, like yeah. just very separate. And then you become an adult and you're like, wait a second, that's like, crazy. Why, like, why, it, why was everyone so mean to each other? 
like limited and like a year yeah like so limited it's like no dude we're trying to have a dope party like stop being assholes like we want more people yeah (laughs) yeah there's more options than just like your class yeah Yeah. luckily i had a younger brother who was two years you know two grades below me so right not only did we get his grade involved but also the grade in between um so i I reflect very fondly and where would you where would you party was there like one particular person's house that like was cool or were you guys like moving (laughs) around a lot i I think anyone who was integrated into the like party scene kind of understood that like if your parents were out of town there was like a moral and social obligation that like you would do what <laughs> needed to be done to yeah. host. Yeah. And, cool. Like things like pretty evenly rotated throughout our social circle of like parents being out of town. Um, yeah. Everyone move in. <laughs> like every nice. green light flashes and that is the venue. So, you know, there was a couple spots where like, you know, one person's parents would be out of town a little bit more than others, but for the most part, we keep it moving. Yeah. And like, that made things fun because, like, yeah, it's spread out, spread out the responsibility. Yeah, a lot of different venues. That's cool. Um, yeah. Cool. And then, like, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about like Asheville as a, as a city and a town because that is, I think, when people think about North Carolina, that's that's probably the thing that comes to mind. When they think about visit, maybe the beaches and then you know the Outer Banks. Did you ever spend time in the Outer Banks, by the way? Yeah, a few times. Yeah, few but times. not like a big, like a huge part of your. No, but I, like I must say the Outer Banks are worthy Epic. of the hype. They are insane. I'm, I'm a mountain <laughs> yeah. guy, but a few times I've been out there, I've just been blown away by how. I think it's just like it you have to drive so far to get out there, and yeah. then you're like also driving over like the whole like intercoastal, like this huge body of water for right. a while before you Long get time. to the Outer Banks, and then. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's pretty awesome out there. I, yeah, I, we, my family has roots in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we have a great time at the beaches and stuff there, which is amazing, but there is something really unique and special about the Outer Banks. It's just so remote. Yeah, exactly. Once you make that investment of time to get out there, like you are out yeah. there and you feel yeah. it when you're out there, you're on an island, you know, just a couple mm-hmm. feet above, you know, yeah. uh, the ocean. And yeah. It's just, it's like taking a step backwards in time, you feel. Yeah. It's a really there, special yeah. experience. For sure. Um, yeah. but but is, and tell me, did they, did they ever finish that Mountains to Sea Trail? Is there any update on that? Um, it's, it's, you know, always in works. And I think it will okay. be in work for a long, long Forever. time. Yeah. Just because they're still kind of piecing together bits of the trail itself. And then I think yeah. forever they'll be tweaking it just like they do the Appalachian Trail to make sure it's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But you know, sections of it are super popular and are really beautiful. And I've only done stuff in the Piedmont in Western North Carolina, not mm-hmm. so much Eastern North Carolina, but man, the spots in Western North Carolina are some of my favorite places to go and recreate and hang out and swim and hike. Like they're, it's, yeah. it's a legit trail. It's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, tell me about, tell me a little bit about like to finish up. Let's talk about Asheville for a bit. I've spent a good amount of time in Asheville over the years for music. Like I would drive to go see concerts at the Orange Peel and like that weird, um, what is that weird rec center building on the corner? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they have one? Winter Jam there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Grey Eagle. I, it has like it has like an amateur hockey team that like plays there. <laughs> 
um i don't know i went to winter jam there and it was okay. super fun but um but i yeah, love I, and the, an amazing music scene yeah yeah so tell tell our listeners a little bit about well tell us about you know going to school in nashville and then like you know anything else you want to share about that city because it's definitely i mean hippie central like it's I mean, there's like spontaneous parades, <laughs> like like yeah, there's drum circles cool in the plaza. Place. There's like, but there's also really nice stuff, like really nice hotels and really nice restaurants and stuff too. Yeah, it's it's got a great history as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, when I was deciding to go to college, it was like neck and neck between Asheville and Boulder, Colorado, and I even went out to Boulder to tour the school, and I ended up just getting a really similar vibe uh, from Boulder that I do in Asheville. So ultimately, I decided to stay close to home if the if the you know if the vibe was so similar yeah so if you've ever been out to boulder um it's pretty I have, similar yeah. to that and um but it's more of a city. probably similar to uh, my college just, town of arcada too i think it's comparable so like yeah. where i went to school in northern california but yeah but anyway go ahead um but yeah Asheville takes great pride in like being you know a city based on arts and the outdoors and it's been you know a really growing city for the past you know, 10, 15 years, it's become like the place to be um, mm-hmm. because of how beautiful it is, because how fun it is, how good the fun, the food and the arts are there. Um, and it's just blowing up, um, which is a good and a bad thing. But uh, Right, because there's a lot of Asheville, big, um, it's got a big, it's got a lot of big uh, breweries there now too, like um, oh, yeah. Fat Tire and Sierra Nevada have moved in too, which is kind of Yeah, I, I know, I know a couple people claim the same title but i i've heard many times it has the highest brewery per capita Mm, ratio mm -hmm. in the country and stuff like that which you know i don't know they may share that title a couple other places but the point is it is so there's a lot heavy (laughs) yeah just nuts i like honestly do not know all the breweries there and i've been there for eight years now and people are always going to breweries i'm like wait what what one is that i cannot even begin uh to keep track which is kind of annoying i wish i knew my breweries a little better but you just i always got to keep trying new ones um yeah but the real reason i'm there is is for the outdoors um that's what really calls me is is Asheville. it's just surrounded by national forests national parks national park units um yeah you know you have the blue ridge parkway slicing right across town um Mount Mitchell, the highest point in the East Coast, is just like you know a short drive away. Oh, cool! And, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, highest point east of the Rockies, Mount Mitchell's in North Carolina, and uh, it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful year round. There's just endless opportunities for recreation, and that's what I do with all my free time, and that's what inspires my photography as well. Um, it yeah. just consumes my life, and so um, I love the city. But yeah. I really love the city because it's just an amazing hub for me and all the things that I'm interested in. Um, yeah. I'm just constantly bolting out to go new, do new different, you know, to new different locations all the time. Um, so the city's been great to me. Uh, you know, I went to UNC Asheville, which is a little, you know, bigger than my high school, but kind of proportionally to a college experience, it was my high school and the yeah. same kind of artsy, fun um, spirit. And so I fit right in there and just really kept up my stride of um, being able to be myself and make a lot of friends and yeah. just really continue to have a great time. And but there so isn't – stuck around. There isn't like a – they're not big on sports there, right? There aren't. 
That there has been any. the one. <laughs> there I'm, aren't uh, any. <laughs> yeah, I do feel a little bit out of my league when I'm. I feel like I'm back in Guatemala, like trying to find the UNC game, and everyone's like, "Oh, basketball is so mainstream, bro!" And it's like, "Yeah, get out of my way." <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um. It. So yeah, not super huge. Uh, you know, of course, they probably care more about ultimate frisbee or frisbee golf than they do about basketball. So people still find. Right. ways to exercise but yeah not in terms of team sports that's cool i feel like it's yeah. a big like indoor soccer scene is there like an indoor or like rock they, climbing like they, indoor rock climbing <laughs> yeah like there's definitely a lot too. of indoor rock climbing i do a lot of that as well but they actually did okay. just get a, a semi-pro soccer team a couple years ago which oh. i know has like been kind of a big hit and there's the Asheville tourists which is a minor league baseball team so there are sports um, oh, i've been to i've been to a baseball game there that was pretty fun actually yeah, yeah. i i am still haven't done it i think they do a thirsty thursday there which yeah. is supposed to be good fun where they have breweries come in and give out some cheap beer and what are the what are the winters been like has it been snowing a ton there this year or is it um, okay? yeah, it's been crazy I everywhere. I, I can't speak for everyone in North Carolina, mm. but like I hate winters in North Carolina. Um, <laughs> they are way too cold. They're colder in Nashville. Yeah, than they're wet, um, and they're colder in the Rhone Highlands than they are yeah. just about anywhere on the East Coast. I mean, it's brutally cold in the Rhone Highlands, where I spend a lot of my time, and I stay there as long as I can hanging out with my uncle who lives in the area and just trying to act like winter hasn't come. But yeah, winds howl, snows fall, and oftentimes it's it's more rain than snow. So it'll be like... Yeah, it's a wet, it's a really wet, in the icy yeah, winter. 30s and rainy just year-round. Or sorry, not year-round, but throughout the winter. Well, cool, man. Um, I feel pretty good about this chat. Um, is there nice. anything else you want to add about anything feeling good my my thing about north carolina which i'm kind of yeah. blowing it right now talking on a podcast but like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i think western north carolina is one of the best kept secrets in the country it is stunningly yeah. beautiful it is incredibly yeah. fun um i love it so much like it and it's just, yeah it's yeah, and it's like, like ancient it's got like that old kind of almost creepy but really cool like energy <laughs> about it like you know like yeah. the rivers and the mountains are like some of the oldest rivers and mountains in the world like absolutely it's just really nice and like it's got that i mean we didn't talk too much about bluegrass music and stuff but it has like mm. like a bluegrass Love roots it. and like a like a stomping good time vibe about it that I've always yeah. really enjoyed. Yeah, I'm not so. going anywhere fast. Um, cool. You know, I love to travel, as you know, but I always come yeah. back to North Carolina because it just it's it's endlessly good to me. So, I think it's kind of nice. the best kept secret in the country, if I do say so. Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully this won't be too popular. <laughs> People won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. Okay. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, to it's chat great with to me. hear from you. It's great keeping in touch. Please, you know, continue always. to keep in touch. I want to hear more about everything. Um, well, cool. I guess we're gonna we're gonna sign off. I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Yeah. All right, Rebecca. All right. See you. Thanks again. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Bye. If you liked our show, please subscribe to the Across State Lines podcast on iTunes. If you want to check out the show on YouTube, you can find a link to our YouTube channel at the show's official Instagram. That's Instagram.com forward slash USA Podcast. And our official website is acrossstatelines.podbean.com. There you can find an XML feed for our show. 
The opening music for the show is titled As I Figure. It's by Kevin McLeod and was downloaded from Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Thank you for listening.